Today on episode 90 of the Home of Play podcast, Kojima Productions has launched a new division outside of the gaming industry. The Golden Joystick Awards happened and we couldn't agree more with the gamers. And PlayStation Home has risen from the dead by fans. And this is causing us to consider adjusting our logo. <laughs> Sony, be cool. Be cool, Sony. All that and more. It's not trademark infringement, I swear. Let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 90 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join force to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steven. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free if you enjoy your leisure. We only ask you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the genies about the show, and that they can find us in all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, and it's all because of your lovely gaming homies, helping to spread the cost through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss those awards that we agree with for once on today's episode we have four news articles to discuss but first as always let's begin with what we've been up to this last week and it's going to be a short summary apparently so chris tell us what's on the docket yeah pretty quick recap for me uh haven't played any console this week i don't even think i've turned it on actually um mostly just been with what little time i do play uh it was mostly like i said before league of legends the team fight tactics mode really enjoying the new duos mode they're beta testing right now really enjoying that it's a lot of fun uh apart from that uh i've been playing a little bit of prison architect uh they added a multiplayer feature some time ago and now uh, one of my buddies was like hey let's let's try this out so we started working on our own prison having fun with that it's it's pretty much what you would expect of the game it's just you design a prison but there's more than one person controlling everything. So just got to be a little bit more mindful of your resources other than other than that. So um, that's pretty much my recap. But yeah, I just haven't played anything and I just haven't had the urge to want to play anything. Like I, I got Far Cry 6. I keep staring at it. Uh, you've been t- you're going to mention the game that you're, you're playing this week. And it's like, yeah, I kind of want to maybe jump in that again, too. So kind of just on the fence, just trying to figure out what I want to play. So that's it for me. But what have you been playing? Uh, so this week is a lot like last week. I got Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Been playing that. Uh, I went in a little deeper. And now I'm starting to do story again just because I got bored with just clearing the map. Like, uh, I got so... Orbs. <laughs> yeah, well, I got so far ahead of myself. Like, I'm currently power level, I think, 240. But story-wise, I'm like like in an area that's supposed to be power level like 130. Yeah. So I'm quite a bit ahead. So now I'm trying to backtrack and I believe the story kind of tries to up the difficulty to like where you are. Cause it's really strange. Like I'll go to a power level area of like 190, and I'm just destroying fools. But then I go to do a story mission. And it seems almost like I'm getting more resistance from them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's doing that. You know, I, I forget. I think uh, Odyssey was uh, doing that all the time where the enemies would get, you know scaled up yeah Yeah. so uh yeah i don't enjoying it it's okay like again i don't think the story's perfect but it's just it's like junk food it's just what i want right now 
Uh, I don't want to think too hard. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting what I want from that game right now. So, yeah, it's definitely it's satiating me for now until, you know, I get sick of this genre and then maybe hopefully move on. But uh, I don't know. Other than that, uh, I think the only thing I want to talk about is uh, Arcane. Uh, I think everyone needs to watch this show. Uh, it's a League of Legends show. I had no idea when I started it because <laughs> I have no reference to that property. and. You know, honestly, I, I started watching it as soon as it was released and I put it on as background noise because I didn't think I was going to like it. And then I ended up binging all three episodes that weekend and loving it uh, or at least knowing that I enjoyed it. So then the, I guess it was the following Saturday they were going to release another three episodes. Uh, I binged those the, the day they came out and then I realized I'm like, OK, this is there's something here. And then finally, the last three episodes came out, I think, last weekend. and. I was hooked on phonics. I love that thing. Um, definitely my show of the year now. Uh, it almost made me want to play League of Legends until I looked into it. And I'm like, oh, that is too too much for your little brain, Steve. I, I don't think I would have an enjoyment in there. But, man, do they have some characters and the story and the world building and everything about it. And that show just takes a great pace to it. So you can actually get to know these characters, unlike other properties that I've seen where... They kind of just throw a lot at you and like, yeah, just keep up, keep up. And you're like, there's no way I'm keeping up. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, really liked it. And I just want to bring it up on the show. I know it's a gaming show, but I figured I just want more people to see this show. I, I do think it's something special. I it, Not that it means much, but IGN did give it like a 10 out of 10, which is what I would honestly give it right now. Or, you know, I like to do five. So five out of five <laughs> surprise. Um, so I just want more people to see it. And you know what? It is a show based on video games. So I'm just going to use that loophole. Maybe I can get you to play TFT. Maybe. Not that it's crazy. closer now. Yeah, I was going to say it's closer now than it's ever been. <laughs> okay, so now that we're all caught up, let us get into the bite-sized news of the week. And holy moly, do we have a lot of bite-sized. So much that I couldn't even fit all of it this week. So, yeah, get ready for homework. Star Wars Battlefront 3 plans were reportedly rejected by EA. This one comes from VGC. Plans for a third Star Wars Battlefront title from Battlefield developer DICE was reportedly rejected by Electronic Arts, it's been claimed. According to journalist Tom Henderson, DICE has pitched Battlefront 3, but ultimately the proposal was rejected by EA due to the cost of using the Star Wars license. Uh, in quotes, it got turned down because it takes 20% more sales to make the same money one anonymous developer is quoted as stating. EA is now said to be focusing its efforts on the next Battlefield game, or yeah, Battlefield game, sorry, uh, instead, which Henderson suggests could release as soon as 2023, which is kind of the normal two-year hiatus they take for releases on those games. Chris, I mean, I can't imagine that you're disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't think I'll be losing sleep on this one. I don't think a lot of people will be losing sleep. I mean, there's the Star Wars fanboys that will pretty much love anything that has Star Wars in it. But I think even them were struggling with the last one, like, to play it. I know eventually I think it did get there where it's like, okay, this is a product that's okay, but it took... It was a rough ride, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's so, not like DICE has a history of that. No, I've never heard of that. Well, that no. No. Who? Who? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, I yeah, like I said, I don't think anybody's too concerned about this and... Yeah, I could see the the licensing being pretty expensive for uh, Star Wars property. So, but do you believe that? Because are we not talking about the same 
company that, you know, also pays for the licenses of Madden and FIFA. And especially FIFA this year, it sounds like the prices are going up. So, you know, they can afford those licenses, but they're pretending that Star Wars isn't worth, they don't, there's not enough payoff there. Uh, I mean, those, those games are liquid money, so I, I don't know. <laughs> and, and honestly, after this year and this battlefield, I mean, I'm just going to say a Star Wars game is probably going to have 20% better sales than the next battlefield game. I wouldn't be surprised if the next Star Wars is like Star Wars Battlefront and then it'll be like Ultimate Team Edition. <laughs> uh, make myself laugh sometimes. You know what? I, I don't know if I fully believe this statement. Uh, I honestly think it's got to be because of all the negative feedback they got from Battlefront I 2. So, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Battlefront 2 is one of the main reasons that Disney pulled the exclusive pro- like rights for EA and why now we're getting rumors that Ubisoft's making a Star Wars game. We're getting rumors that Quantic Dreams is making a, a Star Wars game. We got Knights of the Old Republic remake coming. Like, you know, EA is probably pretty upset, and I doubt they want to just go. Well, now looking at the track record of Dice, even this year, and again, I, I just don't know if they want to burn another bridge because where I take it is yes, it probably costs them more to use this license, and I think it's their fear and you know, I guess their hesitancy of using dice to use this property property correctly, I guess is the way I would state it where, yeah, you don't want to spend all that money using the license just to make another failed property. So yeah, that's the only thing I could see it as. I don't know if you agree with me. Uh, no, I agree with you. Uh, just on the game side of things from my own perspective is I actually really enjoyed the first one. I had, I have some good memories from the first one. My problem, uh, like, yeah, there's all the main issues that people heard of from the second one. Sure, whatever. That stuff didn't even really bother me that much. Is the few game modes that I really liked from the first one. Like there was like a kind of like a waves mode in the first one where you could fight like a waves of guys, uh, but you could do it co-op with friends. Uh, there was a heroes versus villains uh, mode that was way better on the first one than the second one. Because the first one was like, I think three heroes, three villains, plus three regular guys. I, yeah. I had so much fun with that mode. It's, and they just, in the second one, it was just, I don't know, it was just straight heroes versus villains, which wasn't as entertaining to me. So I, I do recall us owning shop on the first one together in the heroes versus villains. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Me and you, for some reason, we knew which characters really partnered well together. So oh, if we yeah. got them, oh man, were people running. <laughs> it, it, it was just getting wrecked. It was so much fun. And I mean, the one thing I'll give them visually, these games are just beautiful. But I mean, if you can't execute it or actually make the the game fun, like uh, maybe it's there now. But like I said, the modes that were in the game at that time, I had no interest in playing. I did the story mm-hmm. mode, whatever. It was kind of throwaway in my eyes, but whatever. It was fine. Yeah. No, I agree. I think the first one came out in a decent shape. I don't remember it needing as much repair as the second one. And like you mentioned, the second one eventually got somewhere that most people were satisfied or satiated. So that's fine, but I yeah, it's just the microtransactions and just the way they were trying to nickel and dime people, I think, yeah. just put a bad taste in people's mouths. Uh, but we're going to move on. The first episode of Gorilla's official Horizon podcast, Gaia Cast, is now available. Uh, that's, this one comes from Push Square. This new podcast series will dive deep into the Horizon universe, presumably getting into some heavy spoiler territory. The first episode arrives 23rd of November, 2021, 
and puts the focus on the protagonist in All About Aloy. It'll be available via Gorilla's YouTube channel or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud via PlayStation Podcast. A lot of those places you can find us conveniently. Imagine that. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Wink, wink. Yep. That, that's your ads for the week. Um, so, Chris, I didn't check this out. I, you know, I think anyone that's listened knows I'm a little light on interest for the next Horizon game. I do think I'm probably eventually going to get it just to have something to play. So I, I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm going to be there regardless. But I'm okay being media blackout at this point, honestly. Uh, I really hope that game gets major improvements. I hope uh, it feels better in my hands than the first one. I'm one of the few, it seems, that uh, I just didn't really love that game. I think it was okay, but it it definitely had some issues. And that could be Guerrilla Games' first take on an open-world game, so maybe I need to be a little easier uh, go on that. But I, I thought the story was fine for as far as I got. It just... Nothing about it really would keep me. I, I've tried multiple times to get through that game. I just can't do it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think the podcast is a neat idea. and Maybe it will help people like myself that couldn't get through the first game and raise interest for the sequel. And I assume that's the purpose of this. But uh, what are your takes on it, Chris? For me, this gives me a kind of like flashbacks of like uh, the Cyberpunk's Nightwire event. I mean, it mm. wasn't speci- I don't think it was specifically a podcast. You pr- maybe it was like. But it, it was it's, more just YouTube drops, yeah. really. Yeah. But it feels like something similar to that. So, I mean, at least in this case, they're going off a, of a game that's already established. So it's a sequel and whatnot. But I think I'm with you nearly 100%. Like, this game was... The first one was never one that I was interested in. The only reason I played it was I think I bore, I bored it from a friend who has done it. And they enjoyed it. And to be honest, I enjoyed my time with it. But it was like one of those games where it's just like, there did it done move on type of thing i wasn't i didn't really like have a huge love for it or anything and i'm kind of feeling the same way about the sequel i'm just i'm 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 but i'm I'm almost exactly like you where i'm like i'm probably gonna not have anything to play so Mm -hmm. it's like i probably will end up getting it anyway um and i'm sure i'll probably feel the same way i'll probably enjoy it and you know move on type thing but yeah, I mean, th- this is kind of a cool idea. I know the Nightwire definitely got us more excited for Cyberpunk. Uh, mind you, that was kind of a bluff on their part, but <laughs> I don't think that'll be the same case with these guys. So Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Like, we'll see. Like, I, I don't know if I'm still going to be playing Elden Ring by the time this comes out. So maybe there'll be a little bit of gap before I get it. But that's the thing. After Elden Ring, I don't know what I'm going to be hungry for. So, But there are releases, like even Sifu, I think, is coming out in March. So... You know, I don't I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. But we're going to move on and find out that Resident Evil Village wins Game of the Year at Golden Joystick Awards. This one comes from Push Square. Uh, yeah, I think we're both excited. Resident Evil Village has won its first Game of the Year accolade at this evening's Golden Joysticks Awards, where it was crowned the ultimate Game of the Year and the PlayStation Game of the Year. It also won the best audio and best performance. Uh, I think that was Maggie Robertson as Lady Demetrescu. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Demetrescu. Japanese. Yeah, it's Demetrescu, but you see the U and you're like Demetrescu. Uh, categories, the Golden Joystick Awards are decided by a public vote, meaning that the games that won were decided by the fans and players. The Critics' Choice Award, of course, went to Deathloop because they can't shrill enough for that game. Uh, oh my gosh, I... You know, I'm not surprised by that, just seeing all the nominations it has at the uh, the Video Game Awards this year. But also scares the bejesus out of me because that probably means Deathloop's going to win everything at the Game Awards this year. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but getting back to this award show, yeah, I, I you know, anyone that listened to our previous week's uh, podcast knows this year we all kind of think it's not the strongest year. So I think it was easy for us to just say, like, we believe Resident Evil does deserve Game of the Year so far. Mm-hmm. That was our pick for sure. Yeah. Uh, just to do a recap, too, I'll, I'm not going to go through them all, but some of the ones that I kind of want to just highlight uh, that I thought were interesting. Like I said, I think almost every game on this list, we were like, yeah, that's acceptable. I would choose that as well, potentially. So uh, some of the ones that kind of stand out to me, best storytelling, uh, Life is Strange, True Colors, kind of makes sense. It's a very story-driven game. Uh, best visual design, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I know you really had a good time with that one. Uh, best game expansion goes to Tsushima, Iki Island expansion. Uh, that one's, I guess, kind of not really a surprise because I'm trying to think of other games that had like big expansions and nothing's coming to mind. So I, I, I don't want to say it wins by default because it's definitely earned. So I mean, maybe it was competing with Death Stranding's director cut. Like that's oh, only maybe, I can think yeah. of off the top of my head anyway. Some all the director's cuts. that came There's out. probably some other ones <laughs> that a, an audience member is yelling through his car speakers at us too. But, <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah. It's the only one that comes to my head. A little though, bit louder. A little bit louder. Can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best gaming hardware went to PS5. Yay. Excited for that. Studio of the year. I uh, went to Capcom. I'm actually really excited about that. Although I'm, we were talking about this off uh, off the recording, but you're kind of like the competition's not great this year for the big studios. A lot of them have uh, had a lot of pitfalls this year. Mm. Uh, Breakthrough Award went to House Mark, which we're excited for. That's we're happy for them. Uh, well, some of the off-brand ones. PC Game of the Year went to Hitman Three. Nintendo Game of the Year went to Metroid Dread, which I know Curtis was pretty uh, raving about, which makes sense. Yeah, I think he just beat it. Obviously, he's not here this week to talk about that. But yeah. yeah, I do think he beat it this week. So obviously, he must have enjoyed it if he got all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Xbox Game of the Year went to Psychonauts 2, which was, I believe, the first one was pretty popular on Xbox. So that's no surprise there. This one's okay. This one makes sense to us. I, but like as a whole community, I don't know. The most wanted game, Elden Ring. Now, it makes sense from our perspective because we're super excited for it. But usually Dark Souls games from software games, they're popular amongst the people that play those. But it's usually not loud enough where that's the game that people really want. But then again, maybe the competition sucks this year. I don't know. No, I honestly think it's just that the chanting for those games is getting louder every iteration. And they're their fans are growing every iteration and now you're coming out with you know a new one that's open world and i think that just is speaking to so many more people so i'm not too surprised by this and yeah it just means you know the more fans of this the more content we hopefully see mm-hmm. maybe less returning to sekiro mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. <laughs> and then the last one i wanted to mention was the ultimate game of all time they went and gave it to earthbound no, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they gave it to the original. Well, I don't know if that's technically remastered. It, no, it's the first. It's just well, Dark which, Souls. I mean, yeah. Same thing. Dark Souls was the one that they chose. It's the only mm. one I haven't played yet. So uh, I maybe I'll play the remastered one at some point, but you I'm not it. in a huge hurry. I'm not in a huge hurry. Yeah. So. No, it's uh, I, I like a lot of stuff. I think a lot of the list is very... Uh, I like that it's diverse. It's just, it's not the same game over and over like we see in the mm-hmm. video game awards all the time, which, and I think it's it's smart. And you, I feel like, not that I'm always going to agree with fans, but I feel like they curated a great award show here. Yeah. 
there's not one game there that I could like there's some categories I just don't I'm not in the know about so that makes yeah. sense but the ones that I am like I agree with them well and that's the thing I'm not saying that like this is great because I agree with every single one of them but I see arguments here for everyone yes and I also noticed a lack of death loop uh, awards being handed out because I do think that it's for whatever reason the media is just pushing this thing ahead even though I don't think it even has wheels <laughs> like it's just it's on blocks basically and they're just all the effort they can they push this thing just uphill. digging into the dirt with the crate that it's sitting in uh, basically so anyway <laughs> we'll move on we got a new rumor for the PlayStation Plus games of December 2021 and uh this one comes from PlayStation Universe according to the leak your games are potentially going to be Godfall Challenger Edition on PS4 slash PS5 Mortal Shell PS4 and Lego DC Super Villains PS4, which is obviously Chris's pick for the month. And uh, <laughs> obviously. And uh, yeah, actually, this is, you know, it's not the best month ever, but I'm going to say compared to a lot of months we've had this year, this is pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, is... I, know, I haven't heard great things about Godfall, but for this price of basically for free. free then uh i can I, i'll try it i will try it and me and chris will probably try it together yeah. mortal shell i've heard good things about i think i tried it on pc uh once or twice i think it was the demo and it was fine uh but again for free i might try it again and uh lego probably won't touch and that's nothing against those games the people that love them seem to love them they tell me they're great so yeah i could think for other people this might be a great month honestly mm -hmm. no i agree with you i think both you and i for Godfall and Mortal Shell, we probably both had them in our shopping cart at one point or another, hovering over the purchase button, and then something would just kind of pull us away and say, like, maybe just wait, maybe just wait. Well, it was one of the games that we, when we originally talked about, like, what are we going to play at release when yeah. we get our PS5s? We kept bringing it up, and then, thankfully, the reviewers uh, saved us on that one. Yeah, they saved us saying, there's not a lot of depth, apparently, so... <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. But I think uh, we could probably, since both of us are kind of in a bored mode right now, I could see us probably both getting into it and probably For enjoying sure. our time with it. So That's the one time you'll always see me jump back into multiplayer games is when I'm just that bored and I need something to do. And it's like, well, doing anything with a friend is better than doing nothing by yourself. Yeah. Anyway, Dragon Age 4's creative director has left Bioware. This one comes from IGN. The senior creative director on Dragon Age 4, Matt Goldman, has left Bioware. He had been senior creative director on Dragon Age since 2017. Goldman originally started work in the studio in 1998 when he worked as an artist on a number of Bioware games, including Boulder's Gate, the previous entries in the Dragon Age series, following a spell working on Halo Wars at Microsoft's Assemble Studios. Goldman returned to Bioware and in 2017 was appointed the role of senior creative director on Dragon Age 4. Last December, former general manager Casey Hudson and Dragon Age executive producer Mark Dara uh, both parted ways with the studio. Uh, I added that last bit just to give you an idea that uh, basically Bioware I don't think is Bioware anymore. Uh, I think Anthem killed a lot of people. And now it seems those troubles must be carrying forward because, you know, it doesn't seem like a great time for your senior creative director to leave uh, your game mid-production. Yeah, no, it just seems like... Uh they're they're slowly seeing that hey this ship is sinking right now what is bioware mm -hmm. the former bioware which is long left us which is very upsetting because they have a lot of great games from our past um well it's upsetting because we know all the new 
like versions of these games that come out in the future, it's not coming from the same place. It doesn't have yeah. the same magic. Yeah. You need them to, it's like, please just change your name. Just so you know, we- this is not that it's impossible, but this is kind of like, I think what the fans were upset by when new halos were coming out and Bungie was no longer making them. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's not the same source, not the same magic. And I don't know. I, I'm, I, I am a fan of dragon age games uh i the first one's still my favorite by far second one kind of weaker and then inquisition was okay like i I could see what they were doing i didn't love the layout of it though like the 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 interface was horrific uh very short story-wise they there was a lot of content don't get me wrong uh but just the story itself wasn't quite there and you know that graphics engine was brutal too so uh, there was some weak points there, but I was re- I really had hope for Dragon Age Four. But you know, maybe we're going back to the same thing we already talked about. But like, here is another developer that is you know owned by EA, and it just seems like we're just watching all these guys die. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier too. Just saying, like, it seems like the trend now is you know make make a couple good games, get recruited by a big publisher, or absorbed by a big publisher. And then bail to make a new company after you make a shitty game. <laughs> In this case, Anthem. Well, that's the problem. EA is leading these people to make these bad games. Then there's just so much negative feedback that I think a lot of these guys just have to walk away. And there, and obviously other things in the background too. Like I'm assuming there's got to be a lot of issues with Dragon Age 4 for this guy to be leaving at this point. Like that doesn't look good on your resume. You don't do that for no reason. No. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm not a big Dragon Age person, but I understand what it is and the, that people do really love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted it to be good, but at this point, it's just the, the choices and decisions of Bioware and the parent. It's just, it's not great. It's not great. No, no this is going to be another one in my list of buyer bewares, uh, just like Battlefield was 2042, yeah. I should specify. Tekken 7's new definitive edition is hilariously overpriced. This one comes from Bush Square. Are you ready for this, Chris? Bandai Namco has released a Tekken 7 definitive edition on the PlayStation Store right now. You'll find it priced at an eye-watering $119.99 USD. Chris, are you looking forward to a $120 version of Tekken 7? (laughs) You know it as you're saying it that absolutely not. Um, But what added content uh, makes this worthwhile to make it? See, the problem is there's no added content from my understanding. I, I could be wrong, but I I try to take a look at this briefly because I, you know, let's face it, I, I'm not a teching guy. Yeah. Um, But when I looked at it, it doesn't seem like they added anything. It's the problem is it's they've added so much content through the years because this game is quite like old season now. pass type stuff type thing. Well, just additional characters, additional maps, yada, yada, yada. And then they're going and and charging full price for everything altogether. Well, that's the thing. I think they put so much content in those years that now they're like, well, to give you all of it fairly, you know, well, in their opinion, fairly. Yeah. Yeah. It suddenly it's 120. I feel like this must be like what Dead or Alive five or six. They always drop so much content, so many costumes that by the end, if you want like all of it, it's ridiculously overpriced. Yeah. Uh, So that's what's happening here. So God help you if you love Tekken 7 that much that you want to pay $120. You could literally go buy almost, well, I'd say almost you could buy two brand new PS5 games for that cost. So hopefully you really like Tekken. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have it already. And haven't paid for all the other content. 
Hey, you want to go back to EA Problems? Battlefield's nope. head of design is leaving <laughs> DICE following 2042's release. This one comes from VGC. Fuzzy Mesmar, DICE's head of design who looked after the Battlefield and Star Wars Battlefront franchises, has left the company following the release of Battlefield 2042. I keep almost saying Battlefront. I, I keep having a switch in this episode. It's Same me shit. Nuts. Uh, VGC can reveal... This is in quotes, I have been made an offer I couldn't refuse at another company that's going to allow me to do things uh, creatively. You know, I'm just going to add things. Uh, (laughs) It's going to allow me to smile at the end of the day. Uh, But I've been made an offer I couldn't refuse at another company that has been kind enough to wait for me until we have shipped Battlefield 2042. It was super important to me to be here with the team as we achieved this historic milestone. Ooh, I wonder if he said that before the Steam reviews came out and, you know, ended up in the top 10 worst reviewed Steam games of all time. Uh, Probably. But anyway, whatever company made that offer, I'm wondering if they're trying to now (laughs) renegotiate after the release of this game. Uh, Historical milestone. Maybe it'll be a historical milestone in 2042. We'll look back. It's, it's like, hey, remember that game that came out in 2042? <laughs> it was never working properly. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think about this. I don't even know why someone would want, you know, I mean, maybe design's different. Like, maybe all these issues can't be summed up by the head of design. Um, So, you know, maybe I'm being a little too harsh. Maybe I have to take a step back, take a breathe, take a little breathe, you know, a little, a little Stevie breathe. And uh, just calm down. But uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to look at the quote and be like, it was important for me to be here <laughs> as the team got destroyed by online comments. It's interesting because they're not they don't mention the company that made the offer. But if I had to guess, it's probably a whole bunch of people that already bailed off that sinking boat that we were talking about earlier. Mm. <laughs> so um, maybe we'll see something in the future. Let's we'll see where these people all land, because. I have a feeling it'll be a new uh, new company somewhere. I wonder if it would be Activision. Just I mean, that's, that's a wrong quick... boat to go on to. <laughs> wow, but really, you know, if you want a bad track record, there's not a lot of standards yeah. there either. So it could be fine, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I, I take a look at this, and you know, probably a good time to leave. Honestly, I, just with every how everything's going with EA, we we keep talking about this episode. It seems to be the theme, but uh, you know, wish them the best and. Yeah, don't uh, look in your rearview mirror as you're driving away. That's all I say. Don't, don't do it. Uncharted 4's PC and PS5 version removes multiplayer. Ratings board suggests this one comes from VGC. Uh, Not a big one here, but Uncharted's Legacy of Thieves won't include a multiplayer component. So based off the ESRB rating, kind of some of the terminology they use there when you unravel it, it, they're basically touching on it looks like there won't be any multiplayer in these versions. Kind of makes sense to me. Like, this is a quick article, honestly. These are older games. I know saying Uncharted 4 is an old game. Sounds crazy. But honestly, it's been on a few years. And why are you going to... You know, it just seems like everyone's getting quicker and quicker and trying to release these servers. Uh, so it kind of makes sense to me. Like, it, it's not... I don't know anyone that's going to repurchase this just because they wanted the online components. But... Yeah, I remember the only reason I really tried the multiplayer was because it was the only part of the game at the time... I think that was 60 frames per second. It was interesting to play the game in that with that difference. It's like, mm-hmm. oh man, this is a different game. I wish the whole game was like this. Was that Uncharted 4 or Uncharted 3 though? I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of them. It was probably both of them to be honest. 
Maybe you're right. I just, I never played for it, but I remember a multiplayer mode that would go to 60 frames per second, but only a multiplayer. Yeah. I think it was four, because I don't think I would have played three multiplayer. So I remember I was playing, I tried it with my cousin. Okay. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was four, because I, I, it'd be weird if he bought three, because he, w- he wouldn't have bought the other ones, so. Epic Games acquires harmonics. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Uh, Chris might cry tiny little tear for our nostalgia for that rock band series. Uh, today, Epic Games announced that it has acquired rock band maker Harmonics. The publisher said that the Fuser developer will work along with it to create musical journeys and gameplay for Fortnite. It will also continue to support its existing games such as Rock Band 4. Harmonics said that current DLC plans for Rock Band will continue until next year while Fuser and other titles will remain on Steam and consoles. Uh, this one's interesting. Uh, I guess they want music for Fortnite, but it just seems like a game that makes music games isn't the same as someone that makes, you know, that kind of... Uh, I mean, unless they're going to add quick-time <laughs> mini games that are music-based, uh, we, I don't know. We need a game company that just knows how to get licensed music. <laughs> so let's buy harmonics because they can get the licensed music. I don't know. Yeah, honestly. I, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. I think we we grew up with rock bands. Uh, had a, a lot, a lot of fun with them. Uh, everybody probably knows the effect of when you play too much rock band. You look away from the TV and it looks like the whole house is starting to float away. <laughs> so, I still have those peripherals in my basement. I just want you to know that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now that I'm actually living in a condo, I try to avoid playing it as much because don't want to bug other neighbors or anything. But... I would probably jump on them randomly uh, if I could, but uh, I think we have in the past. Yeah, like, not anytime super recent, but I would st- definitely in this house I live in now. We we must have so. our, our duets, man. There, there's something to to to, to die for. We're, we're we're just pro singers. All I know is I've even angels have died from weeping from <laughs> listening to us, and I mean that in a good way. I guess that could be interpreted either way, but you know, let's take it good way. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Let's face it. Harmonix wasn't going to make a new rock band anytime soon. They tried. It failed. Uh, it's fine. Like let's let it go. Um, I, and I. This is good. Like it keeps them up and afloat. Because really, what else were they going to live off of? Like I think Fuser did okay, but who talks about it? Is Returnal DLC being teased by a developer? How smart? This one comes from Push Square. An image of something within the game that we don't recognize alongside the simple caption. It leads us to believe this is a teaser from an upcoming content update, perhaps some some premium DLC. The way the tweet itself is written, uh, Atropos, I don't know Atropos, how to say that. I think Atropos, I don't know. I can't remember. A uh, question mark could suggest whatever this might be will not take place on the game's imposing alien planet. Is Selene about to enter a whole new hostile realm? Chris, what are your thoughts? You're the only guy here currently that has played Returnal. That uh, could be exciting. I'm definitely, I keep looking at it and I'm getting closer to actually hitting that play button. Um, mm. But I, I, if I had to guess, I would say, I feel like this wouldn't have been planned DLC. Mm. I think this is maybe something more on like how successful the game has been. And it's like, okay, we should add more content to the game, which I think in my mind is a better thing because I, I hate when you buy a game where you could feel like they purposely cookie cuttered content out of it to pay, make you pay for it. You know, I hate that mm. feeling. Whereas this feels like it could be some like legit fresh DLC. 
I, I'm sure people are going to like it. The games, the mysteries of the game still have eluded me. Uh, I'm looking forward to jumping back into it at some point. This is even just more of an incentive. But is it more of an incentive for me to just wait for it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll probably play it before it comes out. So, Well, DLC is just additional content. Yeah, so but if it's a it's... whole new realm they're talking about, I mean, it's all speculation, yeah. so... That's true. It's all hearsay, but uh, all I can say is I know a couple of people listen to the show uh, after the, op- the um, what do you call that, the save state that they implemented, if you will, they decided to actually try this game, so I do think that helps sales, So, which w- should also help the idea of releasing a DLC, so it- it's all good, really. Um, but anyway, that's it for the quick bite-sized news. Let's get into review roundup. Uh, this week we got Call of Duty Vanguard 74 on the critic score with 32 positive, 31 mixed. Interesting. Uh, you know, it's basically almost a tie between positive and mixed. Uh, sadly though, the user score is only a four, uh, and that's 163 positive, 35 mixed and 191 negative. Uh, yeah, not as bad as Battlefield though. So you know, we can't be all negative. <laughs> the success story in the lining of dog shit. <laughs> for the, for the uh, yeah, the winter, <laughs> if you call it fall, winter, uh, first person shooter uh, battle. Yeah, sadly, you win with a, a four user score. Mm-hmm. Chris's game of the year, Farming Simulator 22. We got 78 critic score, only three positive and one mixed review. Uh, user score sitting at 6.4 with three positive, one mixed and one negative. Uh, not a lot of reviews for this game, but let's face it, it's farming simulator. It's uh, only going to get a lot of reviews once it comes to the next PlayStation Plus game, uh, and it's free for everyone. And then one that everyone's talking about that I'm not too familiar with, but I've heard enough people say it that I'm just going to add it in the show. But Sherlock Holmes Chapter One is 75 critic score, 15 positive, 11 mixed, zero negative. It's a good sign. Uh, and user score even 7.7 user score with 12. Positive, one mixed, and one negative. So quite a bit positives there too. So uh, can't complain about that. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye on that one. It could be something interesting. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, we're going to do another Steven side stories. This week, we found out from a fan of the show, one of the home of play homies, that uh, he wrote in and let us know that uh, he fell asleep to last week's episode. And when I got all upset and uh, cried Chris's name into the skies in a very angry noise uh, because of Chris's sweet, soothing ASMR voice. We found out that it actually wasn't his voice that put the person to sleep. It was my own. Uh, I don't understand how this is possible. Sometimes, at least from my perspective, it seems like I'm just yelling into the microphone. Uh, But regardless, he said it was my nature and how I just ramble on and on (laughs) at a pretty good pace. And I, I assume that's the compressor. That makes the, uh, probably normalizes my levels. But, uh, anyway, we're going to take it. That's a compliment. I'm going to take it. I put him to sleep. So I assume he has to come back now to get any sleep. And that's how you get him in, Chris. <laughs> that's how you get him. That's how you get him. Ah, so we're going to move on to that one special part where me and Chris have to synchronize with the news and those angels are dying (laughs) so we're gonna start with number one who ordered the hit this one comes from game informer 
I see what you did there. IO Interactive revealed that Hitman 3 is the most successful Hitman game of all time and that its World of Assassination trilogy has reached the milestone of 50 million players. It also revealed that year two is starting in no less than two months. Hitman 3, in quotes, year two will start on January 20th, 2022, with post-launch support confirmed for another 12 months. IO writes in the blog, new map storylines, modes, and ways to play are all lined up for 2022, which is set to be another exciting year. Also coming to Hitman 3 next year is ray tracing on PC, plus PC VR support is coming in January, as is the new elusive target arcade mode. More quotes, a new way to play elusive targets arrives in Hitman 3 in a brand new game mode that we're calling elusive targets arcade. The blog post reads, prepare to take on the ultimate elusive target challenge in a change to the established formula in this fan favorite game mode. All elusive target arcade content will be a permanent addition to the game. Full details on how this game mode works will be shared in early January 2022. The blog post ends with redacted update that states that IO has a major update to the game plan for spring 2022. No other details were given, but an image below which we won't talk about, was included with it. <laughs> Here's the image now, guys. Yes. So, Chris, neither one of us played Hitman 3. No. It is one of the titles I'm hearing about people being upset. They feel it was snuffed from the video game awards because it did make an impact, and clearly it's their best game uh, to date. Uh, so whether or not it deserves it, we don't know. I am a fan of the series, mm -hmm. but I just haven't had a hankering to go back as of yet. But I do eventually feel like I will be playing Hitman 3. And from what I hear, like, you know, just like the article said, it is, does seem to be everyone's favorite. Mm -hmm. No, I'm with you on that. I'm a pretty big fan of the series, played a lot of the originals all the way up to probably when they did the reboot with like Hitman 1, 2, and 3 now. Uh, I did get the first one. I don't know what it was about it. I, th I feel like they, which is weird because a lot of the original games are sort of episodic in nature, like the way the missions are sort of cut up they're very different all the time. So it's kind of similar, I guess, but I don't know. I wasn't a fan of the episodic way it turned into with the new ones. Uh, apparently, the third one's not as bad with that. So I well, don't it's not. It, it was a full it's game. It's a full game, yeah. So I'm way more interested in playing that one now. Mm -hmm. um, I just haven't really looked into it, to be honest. But I'm a big fan yeah. of the series. I feel like now that they're doing a season two, it's going to kind of be episodic now. It's interesting that you're going to get I mean, and I'm not complaining because, you know, you're, it's more game. But yeah, I, I, this is almost inevitable because, you know, much like we talked about how Bungie had to leave Activision and then, you know, now you're independent, you, you know, you have to pay the bills. So it's hard to just start a new property. I feel like that's what's causing this decision right here is if other people are unfamiliar with it, I think it was earlier this year or maybe it was even the prior year. Uh, but Iowa Interactive uh, separated from S Square, actually, Square Enix. And basically, Square Enix was kind enough to let them keep the Hitman series uh, and all that licensing for themselves. So same thing. Now Iowa Interactive is an independent. Uh, you know, they probably don't have a lot of the money up front to just start a brand new game. They do have some investment because I believe they were chosen to do a, a 007 game of sorts. So, you know, it's not like they're broke or by any stretch of imaginations, but why would you not 
you know, add to your most popular game if it means you can have an easier time keeping the lights on, if you will. Yeah, kind of like you said, almost the same transition as Destiny. So I don't Mm -hmm. know the layout of the Hitman 3 game. Like you say, if it's a complete story, then that's great. So I don't know how easy it is for them to add content, remove content, all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's if they're sounds like they're going the same type of route where try to keep it as fresh as they can so that people keep coming back and playing it and purchasing mm. the small little bite-sized things they add to it. So on for sure. And just adding like alternate modes, you know, just to keep people's attention. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it seems smart. I hope to see that ray tracing patch maybe end up on the consoles, but uh, I guess we're just gonna have to wait to see or honestly. So with that said, we're going to move on to number two, and Kojima goes Hollywood. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Chris. Death Stranding developer Kojima Productions has launched a new division dedicated to music, TV, and film. Based in Los Angeles, California, the new division is designed to take the game studio's games to other pop culture areas. The new team will be led by Riley Russell, who joins the company after a nearly 28-year stint at PlayStation in various roles including Chief Legal Officer and VP of Business Affairs. The new division will be tasked with working with creative and talented professionals in television, music, and film, as well as the more familiar games industry, says Russell. This is in quotes, the team has as its charter the goal of expanding the reach and awareness of the properties now under development at Kojima Productions, and to make them even more a part of our popular culture. Although we are a global organization, the new business development team will be centered in Los Angeles, California. Kojima Productions business development manager Yoshiko Fukuda added, Finding new ways to entertain, engage, and offer value to our fans is essential in a fast-moving, ever-changing storytelling world. Our new division will take the studio into even more areas that present our creative narratives beyond video games and to open up ways for our fans to communicate and immerse themselves in these spaces. So this is interesting. Uh, We know the, well, I'd like to say we know the mind of Hideo Kojima, but I don't even know if he knows. (laughs) But uh, I can imagine some very interesting entertainment things to come out uh, of this company. as it stands, you can play many of the games and many of them feel like movies. Uh, uh-huh. I can remember particular parts in like the fourth Metal Gear Solid where the game literally, I think, takes the control away from you for almost an hour and a half, if not longer. Get around an hour and a half for sure. Uh, just to show you a cinematic. So uh, I'm interested to see what they can uh, what they can do. Do you have any thoughts or ideas of what they might do? I honestly, I don't. I mean, for years now, though, Kojima obviously has friends in Hollywood. More and more, we just see more celebrities appearing in his games. Um, so this doesn't surprise anyone. I, I feel like I've been waiting for Kojima to start working on movies for a while now. The fact that he's just adding this as an addition uh, is, you know, I think the best case scenario, because then I don't think we're going to lose him in the game space but at the same time he's allowed to like grow and chase his other passions and i i just think that's going to be awesome i really can't wait to see what comes out of this maybe it's nothing maybe i'm overhyping it uh it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be doing you know major films or anything like that but maybe he helps maybe he's you know someone that can be hired on to you know hired on as a consultant in, in films tv music anything i just more hideo 
honestly, especially films, I feel like I have that. I've talked about it a few times. I always have that separation. Sometimes I just don't mesh with his games well. You know, famously, Metal Gear Solid Five. I thought the side missions were great. It's a great stealth game. Then you do a story mission, and it's almost game-breaking in the sense that, like, those mechanics don't really work with what he wants to do in the story missions because he'll change it up, and you're fighting these crazy people. Uh, So I've always had a little separation with there, but in a movie sense, if he does go in that direction, that's awesome because the stuff that comes out of his head is awesome, and Mm -hmm. and that's where I think I respect the man uh, immensely, so... I really hope this is what we hope it is. And oh my God, this would just be great. Mm-hmm. But good on him. Like, look at the growth he's had. And he's really, ever since he left Konami, he's only really had one game release. But Jesus, does he just keep growing multiple studios now? We got this. Uh, what more can that man do? He, he's conquered everything. So moving on to number three, another JRPG remake, and this one comes from VGC. A remake of Square Enix classic RPG Chrono Cross is reportedly in development for multiple platforms. Chrono Cross, which was released on the original PlayStation in 1999, was one of many unannounced titles listed in the NVIDIA database leak in September. A list the company admitted was real, even if it said the games didn't necessarily exist, which is... The weirdest statement I've ever heard. VGC reported on claims that PlayStation was set to announce a remake of a big game this Christmas, which were made by a musician who said they were involved with its soundtrack. Folk singer McManon, uh, who performed as AVA or AVA, told Irish radio station WLRFM that she had recorded an Irish language theme for the game which had yet to be revealed and according to xbox era co-founder nick baker the remake in question is chrono cross remastered Uh, i didn't take everything from the source but uh, this nick baker basically went on to say that you know a lot of people were insinuating it was a playstation exclusive and from what he's hearing that's not true and you know he doesn't have anything concrete but he basically says like you know from what he understands we're looking at a PlayStation PC and possibly Switch release uh, for this remake. And, you know, the former talks about how it's going to be a big Christmas reveal, while maybe it's not just coincidence that the Game Awards are December 9th. Uh, so I'm assuming we're going to see this there, Chris. I don't know if you think I'm crazy. No, that seems reasonable. The, the one thing I wanted to point out, too, though, is in the article's confusing in itself it drops the word remake quite a few times but right at the end he says the remake in question is chrono cross remastered <laughs> so it's mm, like yeah that's a good point uh, is it a remake is it a remaster if it's a remaster keep it we don't want it if it's a remake yeah we want it that's all yeah I that's actually say. that's a good point i didn't even notice that in the the quotes that i ripped from the site um that would I, be i'm guessing it's gotta be a remake a remaster it's at this gotta point. be a remake yeah did you ever you never played this one right uh no i i don't know i know i'm gonna sound like an ass for saying this but i remember seeing this when i was a wee child when i was picking out my Final fantasy sevens eights and nines uh and renting all that stuff i'd always see this one and i did have a friend who enjoyed this series but i just i saw a big cat and that was supposed to be the villain and i'm like i don't you know that doesn't speak to me i it just seemed weird at the time and you know about me and for some reason, I am okay with Disney films, but I don't like cartoony games for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It just never spoke to me. But you have some experience with this. Property. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, excited for this one because I never I didn't sink my teeth into this one fully because I never owned it. 
Uh, I think I had an uncle that had it, so I would only get to play it whenever I was there. Um, but I remember it was interesting. The combat system was unique with the elements, and you had to charge the elements, and your attacks would do more damage when they were charged and stuff like that. It was, it was a very interesting system. I just remember being kind of young and not putting enough effort to like learn the system properly. So I remember it was, it, it's definitely a unique game. I think there's tons of characters you get on your team, if I recall. I don't want to make a guess as to how many, but there's quite a few. So I, I'm thinking uh, if this is a remake, that could be a solid one that I'd be willing to try. If it's a remaster at this point, it just seems, I don't know, it seems like too old to get a remaster, if you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, it could definitely use a remaster, but I don't think it's going to sell a lot. It's not out of the realm of possibility, though, because like what you're saying exactly, it's like, well, I think it was just last year, didn't we get a Final Fantasy VIII remaster? Yeah. So it was square. That's honestly, when you brought that up, that was the heartbreaking moment where I'm like, ooh, this could be, yeah, it could be remastered or it could be remake. We don't know. Honestly, I'm scared to say I think it might be remastered. Now I'm leaning more on that just because I feel like Square Enix, like, you know, we know Square Enix. We know they have a hard time releasing games, especially Fallen Fantasy VII Remake. How long did that take to come out? Now we know they're working on a sequel. They're also working on Forspoken, which who knows when that's coming out. Um, I, I don't know. There's They got a lot of stuff, and I don't know if they have enough time to make yet another remake and actually try to release it within a reasonable time. Yeah, frame. and have it be a, a big surprise to everybody. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I hope I you're know. right, though. I will I state so. that. I hope you're right. Yeah. Um, because I think that'd be way more exciting than just another throwaway reveal where it's like, oh, well, here you go. And it's like, well, I could probably play this on my PS3 with its like PS1 classic games. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really need, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Guess I'm waiting for PlayStation Plus. <laughs> for sure. So we're going to move on to the last news article of the day. Number four, the home in home of play returns. This one comes from Push Square Chris. A group calling themselves PS1, PlayStation Online Network Emulated, has been very busy working to restore Sony's online games to let you carry on playing them. By reverse engineering the PlayStation 3's online protocols, the group is setting up its own servers to which players can connect and enjoy multiplayer like it's 2008 all over again. The project is very much a work in process. But there are several games already supported in this way. Motorstorm, Killzone 2, and Warhawk are among the games already functional. But there are lots in the works too. PS1 is bringing titles such as SOCOM Confrontation, Resistance Fall of Man, Wipeout HD, and even PlayStation Home Back Online. There's no time to scale for any of this work as the group is operating voluntarily, not affiliated with Sony, and isn't interested in any monetary gain. Well, that's good because that will keep the lawyers at bay. (laughs) So anyway, if people don't know before Chris starts with his opinion piece, I just want to state, if you don't know, I guess we never really talked about this. PlayStation Home came out on the PS3. It was almost like the world's first, no, I shouldn't say first attempt, but it was a attempt at social media before social media is what it is today. Um, so basically, the, the title of our show, it is a play on this, absolute. You see it in the logo, uh, which I did by myself, by the way. Uh, so please, lawyers, leave me alone. <laughs> no no emails, no cease and desist. I, may, I recreated that logo. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, that is what the home of play stands for. It's a joke on itself how PlayStation Home failed. So home of PlayStation, you get it, Chris? Mm-hmm. We're doing this. Uh, not that it. clever, but I I feel like that's why I like the name for the podcast because true fans for that have been fans of PlayStation for a while would uh you know some people won't care and they just listen to us regardless but others uh i think they'd appreciate that because i've had an xbox fans that listen to the show ask like what the hell is the home of play <laughs> and i'm like wow you gotta go back son you gotta sit down here back in and, my day yeah. there was a place where you could build a fake house and there was a place friends. where i could put my credit card and buy clothes for this weird avatar <laughs> so i could go to the mall and play chess Actually, you know what? I do remember fun memory. Uh, let's go down memory lane. Uh, <laughs> watching E3 one year in the PlayStation Homes theater. In the theater, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I did that you with did my that. cool avatar in his kill zone gear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to the article, you know, the nostalgia, goosebumps, kill zone 2, Warhawk, uh, resistance, fall of man. I'm just like, ah, oh, like. Cause there's so many times where I'm not very nostalgic, man. I don't go back and play old games that often. Uh, like some people, I know other people die hard, but when I hear those games, I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I get why this exists. Like, especially Warhawk. There wasn't a lot of games when the PS3 first came out, especially multiplayer wise. Uh, but for some reason, me and my roommate, Oh man, did we play a lot of Warhawk? It was silly. Chris, it was I remember when silly. I, I met you, that was the first game that you showed me and you were trying to get me into it. And I'm like, no, those servers will shut down in a couple of years. <laughs> nope, they're alive now, Chris. They <laughs> live back. longer than our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> they're back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. Have, I, I mean, it's it's goofy fun. That's probably nothing I'm gonna uh, go into or anything like that. But you're not gonna reset your PS3. No, get some Warhawk, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I remember having some fun times in PlayStation Home, just messing around, designing your house. You get like. The trophies you get in games would sometimes come with an award that you could store in your house. You can like place it all around and stuff like that. And then there's that mall interactive area. It, it was all goofy fun for sure. And like I said, this one kind of touch, touches home uh, with us because of our the name of our podcast and where we're kind of getting that from. So it's just mm-hmm. an interesting story. Kind of funny. I'm, I'm just glad we're talking about it. You know what would be awesome if we could just get, if we could do this, set up our PS3s, go to PlayStation Home, create new avatars, and I'm not sure if there's even a possibility, but wouldn't it be funny if our two characters are just holding hands in the mall, (laughs) and then we just take a picture, and that's our new podcast (laughs) logo? Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, people would really get it if you were uh, Oh yeah, then it's just beating them over the face with it. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, I don't know, this is pretty cool, it's awesome, it's just like a legacy um that now is brought back uh and honestly not that i'm saying a lot of people probably have a ps3 sitting around but if you do and you miss these games like i think it's just cool i'm glad that they're not looking for money because hopefully that means sony is less likely to try to kill it um because yeah i just think if people enjoy these games they still want to play these games and there's a way to do it i just think that's awesome i mean this just speaks to the community and uh god bless playstation one or swan (laughs) whatever they want to be called um yeah get them boys so before we get to homework i just want to include uh we didn't have a lot of new like time this week uh with everything that came out uh so i did miss one thing and apparently uh playstation finally patented the covers for the ps5 me and chris were kind of talking about this before we recorded the show and not much to say here they patented it so 
people are suggesting that one of my biggest complaints is they never give us customized plates. Now people are hoping they do, but again, that's still just a hope. We've had, this would be a third generation where they haven't allowed us to do that. You know, they've made these promises on the PS3, then they made these promises on the PS4, always removable plates, always things that we're supposed to be able to buy later. I think PS4, you, they ended up only releasing like two. It was a little, I think, um, Little Big Planet was one of them. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, that's what I want to put on my PS4. The only thing I had to add too was the fact mm-hmm. that like, just because they patent it doesn't mean they need to do it. They can no. patent it and not release any at all. Well, so. and I, that's the sad thing is they m- most likely they patent just to stop more people making the black plates that mean you have. I don't know. Sure um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I want to believe that they're going to add that, but I always just kind of go back to the the way they usually do things, which is they just want you to buy the limited collectors uh, like additions. Uh, you know, I'm assuming Horizon's going to have one. I'm assuming uh, any God of War is probably going to have one, and they don't want you just to be able to get those plates. They want you to buy the new console because you want the special fancy stuff. So, which I don't understand why both can exist. Like, why can't you make an exclusive limited edition bundle, but also just have a cool God of War plate? And they don't have to look the same. They don't have to be the same option. But, you know, again, PlayStation just always seems to drop the ball when it comes to customization. Like, Xbox always has those customizable controllers. And sadly, I just don't think we're ever going to get that with PlayStation. And, that's where these covers, although it's not as cool, it just give us some customization. Chris doesn't have any more words, so we're going to move on to the last bit of the show, which is homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time to show to get through everything that happened this week. So we give you the news articles, where to go, where to go educate yourselves, and that is the gist of it. So we're going to start with Call of Duty Vanguard disables secrets of the Pacific after widespread crashes. That one's on IGN. Keanu Reeves doesn't want John Wick or Neo in Mortal Kombat. That one comes from Game Informer. Uh, that Very sad. 400-page hardback book documents PS Vita's 10-year history. That one comes from Push Square. I don't have enough time for 400 pages in this day and age, Chris. So uh, you're going to have to read that uh, for your homework. Former Bioware lead writer says the idea of Mass Effect TV show makes him cringe. That one comes from VGC, and that's just kind of an update to Amazon. Apparently, is in the talks to try to buy the rights to make a Mass Effect TV series. And uh, yeah, one of the lead writers uh, does not want to see that, apparently. CD Projekt believes Cyberpunk will be considered a very good game in the long run. This one comes from VGC. Absolutely not. (laughs) How long? (laughs) Yeah, in the long Uh, run. run. What is it, 2042 (laughs) when Battlefield works? (laughs) We'll look back at the historic pillar that it was Cyberpunk. New Deathloop update makes NPCs smarter, invasions harder for Colt. This one comes from Game Informer. That sounds like that would fix a major problem in that game that we've heard of. Yep. A modder has been improving GTA Trilogy's textures to make it look better. This one comes from VGC. I'm kind of surprised he just doesn't put a link to the original game where they've already modded it to make it look better. Babylon's Fall contains gear and emotes borrowed from Final Fantasy XIV. This one comes from IGN. And supposedly it's legit, like Final Fantasy XIV allows this, so mm. just before people start setting fire. <laughs> yeah. Battlefield 2042 Portal Mode has already been used to make a Battle Royale game mode. This one comes from IGN. Probably works better than Battlefield 5's attempt, so, you know, go get them. So, guys, that is everything this week yet again. I think we did it in a somewhat timely fashion after the magic of editing, so that is very good. Like I say every week, thank you for your time. It's your most valuable currency. We appreciate it. It humbles us. And until next Monday, goodbye.
Bye, guys. Uh, the following month, VGC reported on claims that PlayStation was set to announce a remake of a big game this Christmas. Christmas. This Christmas. <laughs> Is it Christmas, Harry? <laughs> happy, happy Christmas to you. <laughs> what did the Christmas man bring you this year? Oh, uh, <laughs> me.